This week, we are continuing our series that we kicked off last week uh, based on the book of Jonah. And for those of you who were here last week, or maybe you were able to watch online, you kind of know kind of the idea that we have for this series. And that's the simple fact that Jonah is, is not just a kid's story. It's not something that is just taught in VBS or Sunday school to little kids. I mean, I think there's some fascination there because there's a man being swallowed by a giant fish. And, and you know, it, it looks good on a flannel graph. But, but in reality, right, it is an adult story. It is a story of us. Because whether we want to realize it or not, there is a Jonah inside each and every one of us. Every single one of us has been in that situation. Every one of us has been in in that room or in that place where we felt like God was calling us to do something. And we just didn't do it. Now, it may be something small. It, it, It may be, you know, maybe one of those instances where, you know, you're having a conversation with someone or you see someone and and God is um heavy on your heart to pray for them. Not just, I'll pray for you later, but I'll pray for you right now. And for whatever reason, we get nervous or we feel weird and we just don't do it. I have a good friend, um, his nickname is Hambo. And, and so I love this guy because he's so passionate about his faith. And he is a guy that will pray anywhere, anytime. And so I was at Panera a few weeks ago, and I was meeting someone there, and I'd gotten there a little early, and I went and got my coffee, my pastry, and I'm sitting down at the table, and here comes Ham. He's, he's walking right up to me, and I, that's not who I was meeting, but he saw me, so immediately he came over and was like, oh, Pastor Mike, how's it going? And we're talking or whatever, and, and you're just catching up. I hadn't seen him in a few months. And then, like, right in the middle of Panera, he said, man, what, what can I pray for you for? And I was like, oh, you know, you pray for my family, pray for the church, pray for this, that. You know, I'm just kind of mentioning a few things. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to pray for you right now. Now, he's one of these guys that when he says he's going to pray for you right now, it's not like a he'll put your hand on his shoulder and kind of whisper prayers in your ear. No, I'm talking in the middle of Panera. He's like, Lord Jesus, be with Pastor Mike, be with his family. And I'm just like, and, and, and as an introvert, I'm just like, oh, I just want to like, I, here I, it's crazy because I'm a pastor, but it's like this introvert kicks in and I'm just like, oh my gosh, he's looking at me, but he's just letting it go. And I, he walked away and I was just like, man, I want to be like that. Like, I just do, I just, I want to be able, when I feel like God's prompting me to pray for somebody or to call somebody or to check up, that I just do it, that I don't just put it off. So maybe God has prompted you to do something like that, and you just said no, you know? Maybe there was something else. Maybe um, forgiveness. Maybe somebody has hurt you, and you've carried it around for way too long, and God's been on you to say, you know what? Just forgive them. Let it go and move on. And you just can't. Or maybe it's the flip. Maybe you did something wrong to someone and God's been on your heart. Just call them, send them a text, send them an email, go see them, tell them you're sorry. And you just don't. You know, and maybe we make excuses just like Jonah. We talked about it last week. You know, he, he ran from God. Why did he run? We, we don't know for sure. We can kind of guess. We can kind of connect some, some dots. You know, part of it, he, he probably, you know, just didn't want to, you know? Part of it was probably he felt like he knew best. And maybe part of it was just, you know what, God, I'll do it later. But whatever the reason was, he ran. And he got on this boat and he took off and he was going the complete opposite direction of where God had called him to go. 2,500 miles away is where he was headed. Complete different direction. So this is not just a story for kids. This is a story for us. Because whether we want to believe it or not, there is a Jonah inside every single one of us. 
someone that God has called to do something. And for whatever reason, we went the opposite direction. Maybe it was a step. Maybe it was several steps. Maybe you're still running. But for whatever reason, we're going the wrong way. So God has to do some things at times to get our attention. Now, maybe for you, it's not as drastic as it was for Jonah, but we talked about it. You guys know the story. He gets on the boat. There's a storm. The people that are on the boat with him are trying to figure out what's going on. They're asking Jonah to pray. He won't pray. They eventually, they're like, well, let's try to row back. They can't row back. And then Jonah finally says, all right, it's my fault. It's me. Throw me overboard. No, we don't want to throw you overboard. We don't want to kill you. He's like, no, just do it. I'm ready. Just, I'm ready to die. Just throw me overboard. So they throw him overboard. And the wind and the rain stops. The storm stops. And that's where we left off last week. The fish comes and gets Jonah. If you have your Bibles, you're going to read Jonah chapter 2. We're going to read through. There's only 10 verses here. We're going to read through this, and then we're going to try to break it down. So if you have your Bibles, Jonah chapter 2, verse, uh, uh, chapter two, verse 1. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, and this is where Jonah starts to write out his prayer here. Like he's, he's in there for three days. We know that. There was a lot of praying. But at some point, he sat down and said, this at my heart is what I'm feeling. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me deep into the very heart of the seas and the current swirled around me. All of your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me and the deep surrounded me. Seaweed wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountain I sank down. The earth beneath barred me from forever. But you brought my life up out of the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with the song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah on the dry land. Before we go any farther, I'm going to ask if you would to pray for me as I pray for you. Lord, this morning we come and I just pray you give us uh, truly just an open spirit to our heart, our minds, our souls, to the things that you would have us to hear this morning. From this powerful prayer from Jonah, help us to see ourselves in this prayer. Help us to understand that within these, these, you know, eight or 10 verses, these words that were spoken are words that we speak also, Lord, or maybe words we need to speak. Lord, open our hearts and our minds this morning. Challenge us in ways that we have not been challenged in a long time. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. So verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 kind of starts off with, with this idea of, hey, you know what, Jonah's in the fish now, and here's what he's getting ready to say. And then for the next eight verses, you kind of read this prayer. There's, it's, it's beautiful. And a lot of people refer to this as the Psalm of Jonah. 
Just as you read the Psalms and you can see David's Psalms and write, see the things that he wrote from times when he felt like he was high on the mountain and praising God for all that he was doing in his life to the times that it seemed like bipolar David, you know, where he's writing out this, why don't you just kill me, God? You know, that's what's beautiful about the Psalms. It's just honest and it's real and it's, and it's, and it's from the heart. And God wants that. Like he wants everything that we're feeling, all of our emotions, all of our feelings. And what you see here in this very short psalm of Jonah is a prayer just like that. A prayer where he's letting God know. He's letting himself know. And more importantly, he's letting us know. These are the things I'm wrestling with. These are the things that I'm feeling in this moment. So he starts off. And what I love in verse 1, it says, From inside the fish, Jonah prayed. Now, let's just remember um, a chapter before, and honestly, if you're looking at time, literally a day before, or maybe even that same day, he wasn't willing to pray at all. I mean, think about it. The storm was going crazy, and, and the sailors came to him and said, hey, look, why don't you just pray to your God and ask him to stop the storms? Jonah could have done that, and Jonah said, I'm not doing it. I'm not praying. Let's, let's try something else. And he just, he just didn't do it. But now, he finds himself in the belly of a fish, and what's he ready to do? Now he's ready to pray. Is that not like us in our lives? Like, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm, one of my biggest pet peeves in, in, as a pastor, and, and, and when I hear people talk about prayer, is when I hear people say, well, all we can do now is just pray. And I want to be like, what do you mean all we can do? Like, that should have been number one, right? It starts with prayer, and then you kind of see where God's leading, and you kind of go that route. Why do we wait until the wheels are coming off and the train is off the track before we say, you know what? I've tried everything on my own. Now let's see what God can do. Do you see how that's like totally backwards? But that's exactly what Jonah did. He's on the boat. Things are going crazy, and he's like, well, let's try this or try that or whatever. And then when, when all else failed... And he finds himself in the belly of a fish. He says, well, I guess I can pray now. And that's us. We do that so many times. Whether it's something small or something big, God wants our prayers. He wants that communication with us. But it's like so often the last thing we do. You know, we're getting ourselves into some kind of situation or we're sick or there's an unexpected bill or, or our job's a little shaky or relationships are getting shaky, whatever it may be. We try everything in our power to fix it. And then when all else fails, all right, God, can you step in now? Shouldn't that be first? Shouldn't that have been the first thing that we try to do? So, so that is so us. But then Jonah starts to write and out this prayer. And he says this, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help. And there's two words. If you are a highlighter or underlighter in your Bible or uh, whatever digital device you may have, I want, you to, I want you to highlight these two words. The first is distress. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. This word distress, when, when you go to the Hebrew, the word is actually tesara. And what this word means and what it translates as is childbirth-like pains, right? My distress. What he's saying is what I'm feeling right now is like childbirth-like pains. That's how bad I hurt. Not physically, because this is something that's going on in the inside. He's saying, God, right now, this is what I'm feeling. If you're a mom, you know that pain, right? 
You know that pain of childbirth. As dads, we, don't, we, we, we haven't been there, but we had something just as bad, head colds, okay? So dads, yes, men, that's, when we have head colds, that's, that's what it's like. So however you want to look at it. That's how Jonah was feeling, right? He's like, man, this is the type of pain that I'm feeling on the inside. This childbirth-like pain. And then he goes on to say, from the depths of the grave, and I want you to highlight grave, because this word grave, again, in the Hebrew is the word seol, which means hell. It literally translates hell. So what Jonah is saying here in the beginning of his prayer is God, I am in so much pain, I feel like I am in hell. The farthest I could ever be from you, the most pain I could ever feel in my heart, in my soul, that is how I'm feeling in this moment. And we've all been there. There's been things that have happened in our lives, and maybe it's something that happens um, in, 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 in a marriage, you know, a mar- marriage struggles or a failed marriage, or maybe it's something that happens in a job loss or, um, or un- unexpected, just kind of a financial you know, pitfall. Maybe it's something that, let's just face it, it is a decision that we make, you know, and, and it just takes us away from God. And all of a sudden, we just feel like whatever's going on, whether it's something that life just happened and we didn't really have a whole lot of control over it or it's decisions that we made and we had all the control over it, but we've been in that spot where we're just like, man, I feel like I am in a living hell right now. I am hurting. I feel so alone. You're scared. You're anxious. You're depressed. All of those things. That is Jonah at this moment. He feels all of those things. In the belly of that fish, he feels just like we do. We've never been swallowed by a fish, but I guarantee you've been swallowed by something else. Swallowed by the thought of how am I going to pay this bill? Swallowed by the thought of how am I going to make my marriage work? Swallowed by the thought of how am I going to get my kids to where they need to be to, to be healthy and happy adults? Swallowed by the thought of God, I've screwed up so bad. I just don't think you'll ever take me back. We've all been there. And, and that's exactly where Jonah is right now. But here's the beauty of the rest of verse two. From the depths of the grave, I called for help and you listened to my cry. Jonah's saying, even when I feel farthest away from you that I've ever felt, even in the worst pain that I've ever felt in my life, you still heard me. You still heard me cry out for you. You still heard my voice. You didn't turn your back on me. You didn't leave me there to die. I cried out to you, and you heard me. Verse 3. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and, and the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight. Yet again, I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. See, we wrapped around my head. The roots of the mountains sank down and the earth beneath barred me in forever. What I like about this, it sounds very descriptive. It sounds like something in like man versus wild, right? I mean, it's just that it's very descriptive of what's going on as he's sinking in that water. Those few moments between going overboard and when the fish came and got him, he had that moment. What I absolutely love about this is Jonah realized he was in a bad situation. He realized it. It, it, He was was self-aware. He wasn't in denial. He wasn't making excuses. 
So many times in our life, it's like, man, this, this, our life is falling apart. Our marriage is falling apart. Our kids are doing crazy things. We've making, we're making stupid decisions, whatever it may be. And we're just like, I'm fine, you know? Like, like I'm not a huge meme guy, right? But there's that one, if you've, if you've seen it, it's like the dog or something. He's sitting in a chair, and everything around him is on fire, and he's holding up a sign that says, I'm fine, Right? Like, that's how we live our life sometimes. It's like all is going crazy, all is falling apart, and it's like, you know what, I'm fine, everything's good. But not Jonah. Jonah was like, man, I am in a bad place. I know that I'm somewhere I shouldn't be. I am the, I am the reason I'm in this place. So God, I need you. I need you. Man, how much better off would we be if we were just a little bit more honest with ourselves and with God? realizing that, you know, in our self-awareness, we don't have it all together. In our self-awareness, everything is not fine, okay? That four-letter word that should be banned in church. You're never fine, right? Like, like God, just here's what's going on. Let me just be honest with you. Let me, let me give you my psalm, right? What I love is Jonah understood. And then you finish reading um, there in verse 6. But you brought my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. But you. And even in the middle of his disobedience, even in the midst of his running, of his turning his back on God, of, of, of basically denying God, in the midst of all of this pain, in the midst of this hell that he was feeling, in the midst of all of that, right there in the middle, is still but God. Because Jonah realized that no matter how bad his life was in that exact moment, right, God was still at work. And he wasn't just still at work, he had been working. I mean, think about it. He said, Jonah, I need you to go to, to, to Nineveh. I need you to go preach to these people and tell them that, that, to turn from their ways and to find salvation in me. Jonah said, I'm not doing that. So Jonah takes off, right? But God, phase one, right? But God brought a storm. Jonah still fought the storm. Phase two, the captain goes to him and says, you know what? You need to pray. Jonah said, I'm not praying. Phase three, they try to row back to shore. It ain't happening. Phase four, just Dump me overboard. Phase five, he gets swallowed by a fish. All of these phases up to this point, phase one, two, three, four, and five, God has been in the middle of. Who do you think brought the storm? Who do you think, you know, uh, put it on the captain's heart to say, hey, why don't you just pray about this? Who do you think stopped the boat from being able to even go back to shore? Who took care of Jonah when he was thrown overboard? Who sent the fish? It was all God. And Jonah realizes this now. Like, man, in the midst of my life falling apart, in the midst of the darkest time in my life, but God was still there. Isn't that amazing? That should bring us hope. This is a message of hope that no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, there is a but God in every single one of our lives. You may be on phase one. You may be on phase 101. I don't know what phase you're in, but I guarantee you this. God is in every single phase of your life. No matter where you've been, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're going. But 
God. We need to look for our but God moments. As we're sitting and wherever you're sitting at right now in life, if there's anything within you that's, you wake up in the morning and you're just like, gosh, I don't even know if I can go on today. Then you're having a journal moment. I want you to stop right there and I want you just to say, all right, but God, where have you been? Let me look back to you. Let me, let me see where you've been on this journey up to this point. And I guarantee you, you will find where God has been there every step of the way. Man, I know, I know finances are tight right now, but God has allowed us to be able to pay our bills up to this point. God, I know my health is not what it should be, but God has gotten me this far. And he's put me in with some special doctors or whatever it may be to help me out. God, I, I know that, that, man, my marriage right now might be a struggle and it might be, it might be really hard, but God, you have gotten us through worse before. There's but gods in all of our stories. And we just need to pull a Jonah and sit down sometimes and reflect on that. That in the midst of this pain, in the midst of all of these things, but God. Verse seven. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you and to your holy temple. What struck out to, what struck out, what stuck out to me was this idea that Jonah said, I remembered you. That sounds silly, right? Like, why wouldn't, why, how could you forget God? Let's not forget, Jonah was just not some guy. He was handpicked by God to be a prophet of Israel. That's who he was. He had conversations with God when nobody else could. And even he had to write, oh yeah, I had to remember who you are. Is that not us sometimes? Because Satan wants us to forget who God is. Satan wants us to forget who we are. Satan wants to give us temporary amnesia of God and us. This is going to sound silly, um, and maybe some men in here can relate to this. I, I've never been a woman, so I don't know if you feel this way or not, ladies. But I know from men, and I've been to enough of Sam Main's uh, you know, Wild at Heart boot camps and things like that, that I hear other men talk about this. There is something about a man, and I'm going to speak for myself. I'll just say me. There's something about me sometimes that I forget I'm a grown man. And what I mean by that is this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 46 years old. I'll be 47 in a couple of months. I've been in ministry now for 25 years. I've been married 23 years. I've raised three kids. Like I'm not some dumb 16-year-old punk anymore, right? But too many times in my life when I'm dealing with people, you know, I feel like I'm that, that insecure, you know, ignorant 16-year-old kid. That people are like talking to me or whatever, and I immediately feel like they know more. They, they know more about ministry than I do. They know more about marriage than I do. They know more about parenting than I do. I, I, you know, I haven't lived life yet. And then I have to remind myself, I'm a grown man. Like I have experiences. Like, like I know what I'm doing. Like, like I can make good choices. I don't always make good choices, but I can make good choices. Like we've raised, Beth and I have raised three good kids up to this point. Like our marriage has survived 23 years. Like I have somehow survived 25 years of ministry. Like all of these things and what it has done, it, it, it should build us up. 
No matter where you're at in your life, sometimes you should be able to look in the mirror and say, you know what? God has equipped me. He has given me life experiences. He has given me talents. He has given me wisdom. He has given me, he, I should have this confidence in him that he has put me in a place of success. That I have a destiny in God's eyes and everything up to this point is leading to that destiny. But we forget. And Satan wants us to forget. And Satan wants us to believe that everything that's happened in our life is to tear us down when God's saying, oh no, everything that's happened in your life, I am using to build you up and to put you in a place of favor so that I can use you to change this world. But we get amnesia. And what's worse is we get amnesia sometimes with our spiritual relationship with God. It's like we walk around, if we're believers, you know, it's... We are connected 24-7 to God. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. But we walk around as Christians just totally defeated. Oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to face today. I don't know what, I don't know. I just don't know if God can help this situation out. Why is that? It's because just like Jonah, we forget. Jonah forgot he was a prophet. Somehow he forgot that he was handpicked by God. And I think sometimes in our lives, we forget that we are children of the most high God. And God has adopted us into our, his family. He has called us as his sons and daughters. And instead of walking out with just confidence that I serve an incredible God that can do incredible things, we walk out and we're just like, we forget who God is and we don't believe we have any power at all in changing this world or even changing ourselves. And that's just not true. Jonah had to remind himself who God was. And maybe for some of you this morning, maybe for me, we have to remind ourselves even daily that God is with us, that God is for us, that we are sons and daughters of the most high God. And if we are his who can be against us? What can stop us? Where is that spiritual confidence in our God? Jonah had to be reminded of that. He had to remember that himself. So I don't want you to beat yourself up. And I beat myself up a lot sometimes. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a pastor. I should probably remember that. But what happens is life happens. And we can get so dark and so hurt and in such a deep, dark place that we forget. We have this amnesia. We forget who God is. And we forget what he has done for us us. Then in verse 8, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Jonah remembers at this point, I'm a prophet. And what did prophets do? They spoke the future into people's lives. He told them from God, do this and this will happen. If you want to obey God, if you want to be God's chosen people, these are the things you have to do. He was literally one of the voices of God for the people of Israel to be able to hear. So he went through all of this. He ran from God, said no to God, thought he was going to die, got swallowed by a fish, recognized that he had wrecked his life up to this point, remembered who God was, knew that God listened to him, and now he's come back to this moment where he's like, you know what? I am a prophet and I need to bring a warning to everyone who reads this letter. And his warning was simply this. 
don't do what I did. Just don't do what I did. If you hear God calling you, don't run from God. If you do run and God is still there, turn around and go back. Don't wait for something bad to happen. Don't wait for something to happen where God has to use that to get your attention. Don't do what I did. This is what happened in my life. This is how I ran. And with great honesty, he wrote this psalm. This is what I was feeling. This is what I went through. Don't be that guy. Don't do that. And then he said, don't trade your idols for grace. I don't know what Jonah's idol was. If I had to guess, I'm going to guess it was self. Jonah was in self-preservation mode. He didn't want to go to Innova. <laughs> My phone again. He didn't want to go to Innova and, and have to deal with the Assyrians because he didn't want to die, right? He was in this self-preservation mode. It was all about him. It didn't matter what God asked him to do. It was, how is this going to be for Jonah? That was his idol. His idol was his self. Maybe for you, it's something else. Maybe it is yourself. Maybe for you, it's, you know what? What's best for me is what's best for me, and then everything else will kind of fall into place. Maybe for you, it's, it's your career. Maybe for you, it's relationships. Maybe for you, it's money. I don't know what it is. But for all of us, we have these idols that we're, that's constantly catching our eye. And what Jonah is saying here is do not do what I did. Do not trade your idol for God's grace. Jonah said, I, I traded grace for self. And look where it got me. It's not good. Verse nine. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. I love that. What I have vowed, I will make good. What he's saying is simply this. I see where I messed up. I realize where I ran. God, you got my attention. I was hurting. I was in the darkest place of my life. And you still heard my cry. And all that happened to me and all everything that's happened up to this point in my life, I can look at you and say, but God was there. And God, I'm not trading my idols for your grace anymore. So in verse nine, he says, I'm making this vow. He's saying, I'm making a change. Right here today, I'm changing my life. I'm not gonna be that guy I used to be. I'm not gonna be that reluctant prophet. I'm not gonna be that guy who runs from you when you call me to do something. I'm making a change today. Right here today, God. I'm gonna give you thanks for all things and I'll do what you ask me to do. So maybe for us, our prayer this morning needs to be, God, what needs to be my vow? What change do I need to make in my life? What have I been running from? What have I been avoiding? What choices have I made that's put me in this situation? God, I know from this prayer that you're with me. 
even when I don't feel like you are, even when I can't see you, I know, but God, you were there. And God, I make this vow. I'm ready to change. It ends with verse 10. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. I mean, it sounds gross, but I think the cool thing about that verse is that word commanded. That's the word of saying, I'm in charge. That's God saying, wherever you're at, just remember, I got you. I'm gonna take care of you. You you follow where I'm asking you to go. You do the things I'm asking you to do. Even if you're scared, even if you're reluctant, I got you. Just remember who I am. Remember the things I've done in your life up to this point. Remember how I have equipped you and set you on the path that I want you to go on. Just remember that. And remember, I command the fish. I command the waves. I command the storms because I am in charge of all. Man, shouldn't that give us hope? Shouldn't that give us confidence walking out of here today? That no matter what we go to God with, no matter what we can go to him with, no matter where we're at in these phases of life, God hears our cry. He will pull us up out of that pit, as as Jonah said. He will set us on dry land and he will never leave us or forsake us. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we just come before you this morning. We thank you so much for um, this prayer. I hope that it's a prayer that I can go home and write out for myself. For the times that I've run, that you've asked me to do things, for whatever reason I've been reluctant or scared or too nervous. For the times, God, that situations have happened in my life that you've used to kind of get my attention and draw my eyes back to you. For the Lord, for the times that, if I'm really honest, I forget who I am and who you have molded and shaped me to be, a man in your image. Lord, for the times in my life that, if I'm really honest, I have forgotten who you are, the most high God who sits on the throne, who created everything we could ever see or hear or experience. and still wants to hear from me, that still loves me, that picks me up when I fall, that forgives me when I fail, that shows me this infinite amount of love and grace and mercy and kindness. Help us to remember that. And God, if we're at that place, Lord, wherever we may be in in this story. Whether we need to just pour out our heart to you, we need to remember who you are. God, maybe we just need to honestly just take a vow that today is the day that we're gonna change. Lord, to give us the courage to do that. Give us the freedom and the ability to be able to open our hands and to let go whatever it is that we've been hanging on to for far too long. 
to trust you with it, regardless of the outcome. Lord, and just as you put Jonah's feet on dry land, we know you will do the same for us. In the midst of our storms, in the midst of whatever it is in life that is swallowing us at the moment, you are God. Let us hear you, let us follow you, let us be obedient to you. And it's in your mighty and holy name we pray, amen.